Hey folks, it's Adam Summer. This week on the Heartland Pod, I've got an opening statement about the new four-letter word. Then, in talking politics, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller join me to talk about the moderate Republican myth, conversion therapy back in Wisconsin, Missouri gets sued big time, and we dive into the culture wars. Support our shows at heartlandpod.com and click the Patreon link to sign up today. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am your host. This is the regular Monday show, our talk and politics show with myself and my co-hosts, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join us in just a moment. Together, we bring topics of the week with a special focus on the Heartland as we bring our middle out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. We bring you shows five days a week, including Flyover View on Fridays with Kevin Smith, The Delta with Christina and Nicholas Linky, High Country with Sean Diller, and our newest show, Dirt Road Democrat, hosted by the one and only Jess Piper, that one on every Thursday. Support what we do by leaving a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. And please, especially Apple users, take a moment, if you, even if you think you've done it before, scroll on down and tap that five stars. And then leave a review for other folks to see what they get by listening. And I am going to be reading some of our reviews here in an upcoming show. So let's build some reviews. Let's get some good ones in there. Uh, you can follow us on your preferred social media app with at the Heartland Pod. And if you want to really help us out to make it so that we can expand and do more and have more expansive shows, you can support us with Patreon as a subscriber. Every single level has some type of perk. Even at $1 a month, you're going to get something, including you get access to the Mighty Mo network that we have. It's a social media network just for our patrons, including the curated news feed. And then there's more as you go up from there. And at $5 a month, you get access to special shows called The Last Call, which are member-only shows. And right now, if you get signed up, you're, you're going to still be in time because February 3rd, Friday night at 7 p.m., we have a live show that's going to be happening. It's going to be streamed on YouTube, but the link is only going to be available for our Patreon members. It's going to be Jess Piper, the Dirt Road Democrat herself, and Rachel Parker, the co-host on this show. They're going to be taking questions and chatting about politics live right there via YouTube just for our patrons. Get signed up, heartlandpod.com. Click the link for Patreon to get signed up today. All right, I've got an opening statement titled Woke, the new four-letter word, and then talking politics right after that with Sean and Rachel. Recently, the use of the word woke as a pejorative term has been on the rise by self-styled conservatives. Much like the way the word liberal was weaponized in the late 90s and 2000s and how socialist has been used as a cudgel to mean communist, the term woke is the newest four-letter word. I posted something recently on my Twitter about this and that folks who have to use the word woke to make their arguments about policy are truly intellectually devoid of rational thought. I have no idea if I am woke or not. I don't really care about the labeling that, that they want to use with the word. What I know is that I think about others with empathy. I know that I consider how my actions impact others. I know that self-made is a lie that we tell ourselves about success built on systems. And I know that respecting others doesn't limit my freedom. The term is now a shorthand for hate. 
a word that will make it through any sensor to replace a string of others. It is then labeled not merely as a term, but an ideology, wokeism, though its meaning, again, appears to be nothing more than a categorical slur. Liberal, leftist, socialist, woke, the term itself becomes meaningless because they're all merely placeholders for the emotion that is attached to them, that you are an other to me. It's meant not to explain, but to dehumanize. It's a trick used by criminal prosecutors. Refer to the person on trial, not by their name, but instead as the defendant. Names are for people. People have families and friends and a life, but a defendant can just be a criminal. It's much easier to convict a criminal and send them to prison than it is a fellow human being. The same is true in politics. The more distance we can imagine between one another, the easier it becomes to dislike, distrust, despise, and ultimately to hate. Human nature is naturally suspicious. We want to pretend that we've evolved past this basic animal instinct, but our baseline need to gather and keep for ourselves still screams, and for some, it dominates. Solutions to problems come in two basic forms. One, through understanding, which comes only from information and consideration, and two, through elimination of the problem. If you're not inclined to engage in number one, then the default is the latter of the two. We are faced with a choice of response. When you are named, categorized, and othered, you can reciprocate, or you can ask to understand. Both carry risk. Both will be difficult. Only one is likely to lead to a reasonable solution. Now here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. Welcome back to Talking Politics. We are ready to rock and roll. I've got Rachel Parker. I've got Sean Diller joining me here and uh, ready ready to have a, a great night. I've got... Uh, had just a just a classic busy Monday to Friday work week, you know that kind of stuff, and then got to take in the Chiefs playoff game uh, on television. And uh, thankfully, the Bengals just won today, so we get a home game for the AFC Championship game, which means yours truly will be in the building next Sunday for that. So nice. strap in, baby, round two. Yeah, I was there last year for that the the Chiefs Bengals championship game. Uh, when the Chiefs melted down in the second half and eventually lost the game. And I got to tell you, um, it's there's not many places I'd rather not be um, more than football game drunk, watching two people in Thundercat masks celebrate while your team is losing. It's a tough it's a tough. Yeah, that thing. seemed rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's not tough. Fun. It's pretty tough. But anyway. Especially when uh, the other team is the Bengals. Yeah. There's, they're really good now. It's, I know. It's, it's I've, I think I've got my head around the fact that they're just good now. Like I it's think just, the Browns will always be bad, and the Lions probably. Um, oh, the Lions? I don't know. We'll see. They might be. They might be okay too. But uh, I'm sipping on some Rieger. So cheers, cheers from Kansas City with some Rieger. Felt like a Rieger kind of night. So Sean Diller, man, how are you doing? And uh, how is the week? What you sipping on? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks so much. Uh, my deep gash in my finger from last week is healing really great. Oh, nice. Um, I've been more attendant to this wound than any wound I've given myself in my entire yeah, life. Yeah. I'm afraid of uh, getting some kind of old man gangrene and, um, you know, cutting my life short. Losing uh, a digit seems like a bad way to go. So, yeah, I think of Bob Marley and I don't even know if that story is true, but I <laughs> always think of Bob Marley when I injure myself and then I try to treat it with like a paper towel and duct tape 
And I'm like, I got to get, I got to get it together. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, things are good. We made some cupcakes today and I'm drinking this Death Wish coffee. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. I've heard of that. Yeah. It's supposed to just be insane. It's, I mean, it's super strong and like, (laughs) but it says do two and a half tablespoons of coffee per six ounce cup. And then they're like, world's strongest coffee on the thing. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you're just putting more coffee in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it tastes like Cafe Bustello, basically. Um, That's my jam right there. But yeah, yeah. I don't hate it, but. Nice. That's what you needed was more more caffeine. Rachel right. Parker, how about you? How was the week? What you sipping on? Oh, the week was good. My favorite client uh, called me on Friday. Yeah. And was like, can we do some stuff early next week? And I was like, for you. (laughs) And it was really fun. Like it was really fun. I can't, I can't say what the project is. Um, but it was a fun like thing to learn about a fun thing to work on. So I love that that happened. And, um, I am sad that, um, I mean, I, I don't want to spend any time on it because this isn't really our backyard, but, um, I, I thought I was just going to have maybe the luxury of just being upset about the anniversary of Roe v. Wade that wasn't. Yeah, it should have been the 50th. But instead, I am really just desperately sad about the shooting in Monterey Park. Yeah. Um, uh, there's not enough known. They don't know if they caught the assailant. They may have. But um, I'm really fucking tired of people not being able to go in public in a developed nation that is theoretically like enjoying peacetime like we're not for as much as people say like are we in the middle of a civil war no we're fucking not in the middle of a civil war we just need better gun laws um monterey park is a beautiful diverse community um it's the lunar new year people should be able to celebrate in public i'm people should be able to go anywhere people should be able to do anything in public and not get shot and 10 people were killed that we know of so far and um i don't have anything else to say about that except that i uh fucking devastated about it yeah absolutely absolutely well let's uh jump into on that note yeah what we have here um we to to kind of set the stage um i mean it kind of lines up because we are talking about quite a bit of culture war type related material uh tonight and uh certainly guns would fall into that we're not really going to talk uh about guns specifically here uh we're going to kick it off with uh a, a true false uh, that I think is I think is a, is a lively one. True or false? All right, for true or false, the topic is a moderate Republican is dead, or the moderate Republican is dead. That's an important word difference in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Was it John Kasich? <laughs> it would be an easy question to answer. There's like four. Um, so the moderate Republican is dead. Uh, this was an article uh, that I think, Rachel, you had dropped in uh, from Semaphore. Um, uh, it's a good article. I, I want to say, is it Kadia Goba? I want to say is the way. That's my that's my guess. Say the Goba. Yeah. Uh, the title of the article, America's Next Top Moderate, which House Republican wants the title. And it does a good job of laying out uh, kind of what's going on with this this sort of, they're calling themselves a pragmatic group of Republicans, which is a word that I personally love to see. I love the word pragmatic. It's a great word. Um, and and kind of how they're getting together. So, 
you know, is is there such a thing as the moderate Republican or is it just gone forever? Rachel, why don't you kick us off? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm going to say that I think that it is dead. Um, I think that we I've I think that it. I think that if there were people that were creative enough and had real convictions about what that meant, um, I think that that is probably the most vacant lane in politics right now. I that's sure. not the lane that I personally would put myself in. I'm perfectly happy being on the left with uh the house caucus and so forth and um the burgeoning left i still call it because it's only a few years old in my mind um right. politically speaking anyway i, I think that's true ideologically it go, i would say it started it in uh with the, the occupy movement but now it's you know we're we're seeing some real gains and i think that um the biden administration has done a pretty decent job of leaning into that side party anyway whatever so i think that mo a moderate republican lane is it's basically empty um, I think that if you were creative and smart and had a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit, which it takes, it's what it takes to sort of build a new sort yeah, of political that's a good movement. Way to put really, an entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. You have to have it, right? Like you kind of have to have that sort of creativity. It's like a startup. It is. You have to know how to raise money. You have to know how to communicate. You have to know how to network with people. Like it, it's all those kind of business building skills. And, you know, a lot of people, I would say the same thing is true for like a lot of journalists. Like a lot of people like have, a skill set but not that one and so it right. ends up um leaving this vacuum because they just follow the you know the sound of the leader and right now the sound of the leader is still you know for whatever it's worth donald trump so i don't see anybody emerging in a way that i find can i don't, I don't really see anybody with any convictions that could actually hold that sort of mm -hmm. group of people together um I think it's possible. I mean, I think if you raised your hand in the U.S. Senate right now, where Republicans have the, uh, the minority, and say I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that, but I'm gonna mean it. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I am like Mitt Romney. Right. Um. There's nothing moderate about that man at all. He just, just, just because you disagreed with a fascist doesn't make you a moderate. It makes you like a fucking person. Right. Um. Right. Uh. So you know, th it's theirs for the taking. But I'm, I'm curious to see. There was one of the. There's a House member from South Carolina, South or North Carolina, which the Carolinas? Nancy Mace, I'm Nancy sure Mace. is who you're thinking of, South Carolina. Yes, South yes. Yeah. Nancy Mace, yes. We've talked about her before. Um, I She kind of, she did that thing that people did right after 2020 where she tried to like hug Trump but keep him at arm's length a little bit where she's like right. tried to kind of not deny the election happened but also didn't deny that he was lying. It was sort of weird. And she was also right. like brand new in the house at that point, kind of. So when she came out like super early and hard on marijuana yeah. legalization, like that was, yeah. what, I think that's why we talked about it was, it, it was like, it is very we were, loud. Like, this is what you guys should all be doing is, right. is joining her. Um, and to see a list that's that small, right. Is how many, 400, how many people are in the house of representatives? 435 with something like that. Non yeah. Non-voting members, of course, but yeah. So, so 400 and okay so there's okay so that means there's 200 and how whatever the 239 whatever it is that's the house majority right now i think it's like two and, is it 218 is that it right that's all over the place right so head, baby. thinking of head. our majority. so and this list is like six people right so right <laughs> go ahead sean yeah, it's interesting. It, i'll no. hit the list real quick and then uh get handed to sean so 
the list from this article, uh, it's Don Bacon from Nebraska, Brian Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania, Tony Gonzalez from Texas, Nancy Mace from South Carolina, uh, Mike Lawler from New York. Like that's the list of contenders uh, for this. And, and it kind of, you know, it, it leaves out, um, you know, maybe she doesn't really qualify for it, but certainly with what she did with the January 6th panel, uh, Liz Cheney is somebody that, you know, if but you're she talking about hold this any lane, power. No, she doesn't. That's that's a, that's a fair point. But technically, neither does Donald Trump. And yet there he is leading away somehow. Well, but... yeah, he's but he's, uh, you know, I'd say that's because McCarthy. I think people probably would like a lot of people very much like for McCarthy to like break that yeah. link. But he won't because um, no. he's a fucking coward and yeah. an idiot. Yeah, he's a jellyfish. Um, Sean, what do you think about this list? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I think the main thing that jumps out is like these are not stars these are not people who are right representing a big at component all. of the republican coalition or at the american all. electorate at all right and you know congress is interesting you can you know you can buck your party and you know have enough relationships in the district to you know win even if your party is kind of um, out of favor in that area. And there are also so few competitive seats. But anyway, I, I'm going to say yes, the, the moderate Republican is dead. I think it's over, even though some of them might be wandering around, you know, out there in the universe. Um, the the idea that, you know, John Kasich, who was, you know, is a moderate Republican, he was always the example. He was a governor, a two-term governor of right. a red state. So like a swing state that became a red state. Um, and so there, he's not coming back. Like guys like him aren't coming back at his level. When I look at the 2024 polls for the Republican primary there, the one moderate is Larry Hogan. I don't know why they put his name on the poll. Um, yeah, I don't know, but good for our content. If we, if we got Larry Hogan, <laughs> right. <laughs> for, for, for our new listeners, we've got some show. new folks. We've got yeah. some new folks and we're going to have more video stuff coming soon. So it, cross your fingers that we get some more Larry Hogan because Rachel Parker's Larry Hogan impersonation is possibly it's the not, best one we have on the whole show. It's not. It was that once Sean saw a, an imp, like saw like me on a screen and I had my hair up and I had right. and the glasses. Huge, you know, you had I some had Hogan really glasses. big glasses. On. We do had, a like, lot really of bad impersonations. That one is my favorite. I don't like. I don't. I've never done one. I don't even know. I know. If you guys That's sound the best part of it. Like. That's the best right. part. Well, but anyway, he's so... like, "Is that is that Maryland Governor Larry Hogan?" And he was like, "Dude, that's Rachel." <laughs> it was one of the funniest things. I had, I had forgot what he looked like, and I was like, "Oh, fair enough." Like, because I my like my you guys can't the, again. Like Adam said, we're gonna post more video, but like my um my office has these really deep charcoal walls, and my hair is super white so when i put it back it's like all you see is face like i think i right <laughs> these big ass glasses i used to have it was awesome oh, man. yeah i don't know i was elliot well, was like let me, or go ahead okay no i was just, I was just gonna bring back to larry hogan for just like in a political sense sure. um uh, uh, elliot the other day my husband elliot was like your buddy larry hogan <laughs> see elliot knows yeah of course he's like he um he's like they're floating him around as a possible you know c contender as a moderate i was like he's like what do you think and i was like that he'll lose like what are you talking about like, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> go ahead well, i just want to throw that in go ahead john no All yeah you, like he had two percent or one percent you know showed up in the poll and the other people who were in the poll there were one two three four like six or seven of them and it's trump ron desantis 
you know, these guys are extremists. Pence, different kind of extremist, but absolutely a zealot extremist. Right. Liz Cheney, kind of like what we were talking about before, is not a moderate. She just believes right. in the Constitution. Um, and then the other name, the perennial loser, Ted Cruz, who sucks. Uh, <laughs> and he is such a loser. <laughs> but he's not moderate also. He has one or two percentage points. And then Nikki Haley's supposed to be jumping in. I don't think she's yeah, going to come in. Yeah, she just did a big interview, I don't think right? She's, I think she's so young. I mean, man, if I were her, I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to wait until whoever the fuck it is turns out. Whatever yeah. Democrat wins, I'm going to wait till it's, till it's over. If Biden turns out, whatever. Like, I'm not coming back. Forget it. Not right now, anyway. Why no, would she? Totally. She can wait. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird how people see the... I don't know how to make that calculation of like running for president. That's crazy to think about. But anyway, she's not going to be a moderate. Tim Scott has also been someone who's been talked about. I don't know much about him, but being a South Carolina Republican, I would assume he's not moderate, especially on abortion. And that was going to be my little segue. It's like, what is a moderate Republican even going to be? I would think that it That's has to be. a great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what issues are they going to moderate on? I would think and hope that it would be like someone who's tolerant of LGBT rights and tolerant of women being able to choose whether or not and when they're going to start a family and be in charge of their own healthcare decisions. So those are two things that I don't see anyone sticking their neck out in the Republican Party today at all. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I thought of where a Republican could be moderate, I thought of like George H.W. Bush raising taxes. Um, you know, I don't see any Republicans emerging that are like, you know what we need to do about this debt? Raise taxes. Raise taxes yeah. on very wealthy people, despite how popular that is with right. everybody. And so, what Donald Trump said he was going to do. Yeah. That's what he said he was going to do. I he mean, of course, not. it was oh, bullshit. Well, he but did like, the opposite. He yeah, said, I'm going to fucking raise taxes on wealthy people and give you more money for Social Security and never did any of that. So I will say that it is alive. I will say that oh. it, it is not dead. I will I will differ because I think that what we have is if you know one thing the Republican Party in general has been very good at, and I talk, I kind of hit on this in my open is the categorization of groups and uh, the hard othering and polarization of identities. Uh, of those groups, you know, it's it's one of the things that you know we we always kind of talk about with with Democrats and like the the left political spectrum in general is how hard it is to kind of coalesce, right? That it there, there always seems to be this sort of chaos under the water thing. So going diverse, on. right? It's extremely. It's diverse. like everybody. Yeah, it, right. They're really <laughs> like it really does people. touch like all circles, and so it it seems harder. Like when you actually pinpoint somebody, that's why like Obama was such an interesting thing because it was like one of the few candidates that like the entirety of the left was just like oh he's great like even the hillary supporters couldn't say he was bad they were just like but we really wanted hillary and just like sorry this guy showed up right it was just right. like and he got a bunch of republicans and independents bad. to support right. him too exactly yeah. so bad. i don't think that they're gone i just think that the way the, the 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 right operates as a as a political actor is so like even though they're you know, the trifurcation that Rachel, you have brought up so many times, and I think you're right about, even though we're seeing that happening, they still have this like bubble of them and us that is really, really strong. And so I think if you're in that bubble, it's really hard to vocalize disagreement in a way that doesn't feel risky because of the way gerrymandering is and stuff like that. So I think there are a lot of people that are actors that are 
that are extreme in rhetoric, but are not necessarily policy wise voting for those things as much as we think they are. I, I'm not saying that's necessarily happening. You're talking in like about Missouri, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. That might be a pretty good example, actually, because <laughs> I think that the ones who are are moderate with their rhetoric are actually just as a lot of times those people are just as likely to support something extreme because they're in like a swingy Mitt district. Romney. Yeah, like when they're in like a, a right. swing type area where they do actually run risk of being taken on by a Democrat. And so because people voters don't really look at vote. Let's let's come on. As smart as voters can be, voting records mean dick. Like they just, and you know, except for like the Iraq war, right? That was like the one time like a voting record really mattered because right. it was one really big item that touched everybody's lives. So that's, I, I think they're still there. I just think that they are, are, you know, hiding the, under a book. I think the human life. beings are there. I think there's plenty of people that are like, I voted for Biden. I hate Trump, but I only voted for Biden because I hate Trump and I never want to vote for a Democrat again. Um, in terms of like the like the rank and file American for sure, like yeah. the, the the voting base is much more diverse and is far more worthy. It's why we support ranked choice voting so much, or at least I do, right. and Adam does, and I think Very Sean's so. coming around. I think he's coming around as a priority. I am, um, yeah, <laughs> because you can fit a lot more message behind a person than you can a party. It's just the way that it works. But yeah. right. I think the problem that I've said That's this before as we've just... we should write that one down. What did I say? You can fit a lot oh. more message behind a person than you can a party. That's a nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. write it. You write it down. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, I think the problem that they're going to have is that none of these fucking people know how to raise money outside of talking to corporate interests big huge corporate interests and big huge corporate interests right now are only going to give you money if you promise you did write it down very good mm -hmm. um is are only going to give you money if you promise not to raise taxes and if you promise not to put any environmental regulations on fossil fuel companies and so it's it's kind of a no-sum game right they're so yeah. in bed with those interests that you can't really break away from them successfully. I think that if you right now were to turn to say like the U S chamber of commerce or someone like that and say, look, this is what I want to do. Maybe, but you really have to want to kick ass. You really have yeah. to want to be somebody who kicks ass. And I think that only happens if you have the possibility of running as an independent at this point, not really? as a Republican. Well, moving on here to the, yeah, no. Yeah, no. All right, for this, yeah, no, uh, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things. It's just like I, I cannot believe we're still talking about this as as a topic in and of itself. Uh, this is uh, from the Heartland Signal, which uh, no affiliation, but they're uh, a great outlet. Uh, really good. They do a really good job. They're kind of more northern, central uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, kind of the way we have such a like Missouri, Iowa, Kansas -y type focus. Uh, and this is an article uh, by a Richard Everwine, uh, Wisconsin GOP makes conversion therapy legal again. And that is the yeah, no for the week. I just so yeah. fucked up for all the reasons that you guys know and everyone knows. But what's also fucked up about it is like as a business, that's how it'll exist, you know, yeah. like either as a business or as a tax free nonprofit and to like. That's fucked up. Like there's gonna be money going to this a lot. and people are gonna be abused through this. And you know, 
what I haven't said in a while is that teen suicides are out of control. Yeah. And anyone who's not thinking about that when they do something like this, I don't know. It's just staggering to me. Um, yeah, like yeah. that headline stopped me in my tracks, honestly. Yeah. When I saw it last week, I was like, how? And so what I don't understand is the parliamentary trick because uh, it's is it DeWine in Wisconsin who won re-election? That's Ohio, DeWine, Mike DeWine. Uh, uh, Evers, Evers, Tony Evers, Evers, Tony Evers. Tony Evers is the Democrat. Excuse me. Um, he's a Democrat. He won re-election. Uh, the election in Wisconsin was very close. They had a pretty good year. Um, so I didn't understand how it was possible that yeah. a Democratic governor would say. So how did the committee wiggle this thing through? There was a Republican uh, committee that wiggled this thing through without needing his signature, and I don't yes. understand. So it's an administrative rule. Um, it's not a statute. It's not a. It's not a change to the statutory framework or constitution of the state. It's just administrative rules. So administrative rules have different levels with uh, how they are made, their effect, how they're reviewed, all of those things. So it's just a different type of rule. It's a different category. Um, and it's it's the kind of the easiest way to think about it is, you know, it's the same reason why, you know, the first hundred days of every presidency now is President President Trump signed this executive order revoking this Obama administration executive order, and then Biden did the same. You know, they just executive order each other for seven or eight months, uh, and then they try to pass two pieces of actual legislation because executive orders don't have binding long term effect. Administrative rules similarly are just they're just easier to change, um, and so they can change very very quickly and very very easily and in this particular one that's the literally the job of this committee is to uh review administrative rules and and make changes to them. we should so we should say that all of the democrats in this article all the democrats that are quoted yeah, uh, who are on the committee were horrified that this was happening as they should um, it's it's a horrible thing I mean, truly it's a horrible thing it's, do you guys know anybody who was ever subjected to conversion therapy not that i'm aware of i do um I know people who had to go to conversion therapy and um, I'm happy they're still alive. Yeah. Because like, it, it sounds like literal, like it sounds like literal physical torture. Like, I think that's really what you could say. It kind of is. Cause you're basically right. like trying to force somebody's brain to associate like pleasure essentially right. with something really like awful and painful like every time you see a picture of a man if you're a man and you right. feel aroused then you should feel nauseous or something it's fucking it's so fucking crazy and of course it's religious usually and uh i can't believe that um i don't know it just see it just seems like this is one of those things where it's like can we like revoke the licenses if, i mean i you this is the kind of thing that's so hard to regulate because like as soon as i say that i'm like well people can send people to unlicensed therapists like you can, you don't have to you yeah, know, they just have to not go call to a, it certain things like they can't right. advertise it as that's right you know, like that i could i could call myself a life coach if i wanted there's sure. no law against that so you could coach the show to somebody's life Fucking disgusting. and it leads to the second kind of a secondary no that that creeps up which is um you know agape dissolves in missouri the agape boarding school for those who are unaware uh it was closing itself voluntarily after it had been attacked 
you know, pretty relentlessly by a lot of people. And then finally, the state of Missouri, through the attorney general's office, took some real, real tangible action against it. Uh, and this is one of these troubled teen, you know, boarding school for young boys where they just beat, I mean, well-documented, beat, sexually abused, mentally abused, psych, you know, psychological abuse, just just everything under the sun. Starvation, don't forget starvation. Yeah, yeah, star, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they Fucking have, uh, they have uh, formed a new nonprofit corporation. Uh, the same guy, the same person uh, has formed a new nonprofit called Stone of Help. Uh, which plans to operate? Guess, guess where their physical operation, the you know, location of physical operations is going to be? I'll give is you it a, the Agape. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same yeah, it's a three, three guess, two, two don't count, right? Yeah, yeah, exact Holy same location. Mm -hmm. Wow. And there's nothing to stop them from doing it. I mean, the, what they're doing is completely legal. Um, because yeah. he wasn't charged with anything. Well, they they've they're, they've tried to put push him with child abuse stuff and child endangerment stuff, um, and get him on the registry. But it's it's right now got an injunction going on, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But that's just something to you know, folks. That, you know, you don't have to be in Missouri to pay attention to this one. Uh, Stone of Help and Agape, uh, you know, learn about it because it's it's some nasty. Well, stuff. Agape. I mean, I had friends texting me from out of state saying. Do you know anything about this when it was closed? Because it it made the international press. Yeah, um, and it's it not alone. Those... It. Like it's not even by itself. Like there's a bunch of schools like this. So it's it's a good topic for us to look at, and uh, just a, another yeah no to tag on for this week. Uh, let's move on here to the buy or sell. sell. All right, buy or sell. Uh, that the group Americans United for Separation of Church and State can turn the tide. Uh, they are a great group. We have had one of the representatives on the show before. You can go back a couple of months and find uh, that episode where I talk about, uh, heavily talk about uh, private school funding from public dollars and how that is, uh, you know, just an obvious blatant violation of the First Amendment. Uh, so this this group, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, or as they go, most of their social media stuff you'll see is just Americans United uh, as kind of their main thing. Uh, I, I'm going to read this off their website. Uh, they are, uh, it says it right here, abortion bans violate church-state separation. That's why Americans United for Separation of Church and State and the National Women's Law Center leading experts in religious freedom and gender justice are filing lawsuits to challenge Missouri's abortion bans. And the thing about Americans United that makes them so unique and in such a, an interesting position and why I am buying that this is exactly the kind of group that can get this type of work done is that they are founded on faith. They're founded by religious folks, people of faith. Um, they're lawyers, advocates, students, this is from their website, but they are, these are people who have the, you know, religion. They, they, they have faith. They are not, you know, this is not the ACLU who is not basing it on faith. They're just a civil rights organization. This is more than that. And they're very sincere and they're very good at what they do. And so I think it's very interesting. And I think they're the kind of group that could really make some headway, uh, here, uh, Rachel, what, what are your thoughts rolling into this one? Well, uh, let's. Let, I mean, I I don't know as much about them, so um, yeah. I mean it. I I'm thrilled. We have to read some of the you, uh, Adam on his screen that we're that he's sharing just opened this fantastic um article about this in the Missouri Independent, and there's yeah, some really Ru appalling. Rudy, Rudy Keller just killed it. 
Yeah, and there are some really appalling quotes from Caleb Browden that we're going to have to maybe uh, cherry pick because he's just such a patronizing fucking dick. Anyway, fuck you, man. Yeah, he called the lawsuit uh, foolish. Uh, Fuck you. uh, Said we were acting on the belief that life is precious and should be treated as such. I don't think that's a religious belief. And I think people need to understand what separation of church and state is. Most people don't. Said Caleb Caleb Rowden, former Christian rock Rock singer. Rock singer. Yeah. How qualified are you to fucking fucking tell me? I know the fucking asshole. Right. Fucking mansplaining piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Most people don't understand what the separation of church and state Fuck is. You. Also, like, Fuck yes, you. they do. It's a pretty Fuck simple you. concept. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiot. Um. Anyway, thank you for that. I feel better now. I read that earlier today, and I was like, you can't throw the electric device, the electronic device on which you're reading this, out the window. You'll be mad. <laughs> That's not going to hurt Caleb Browden. You're just going to buy a new iPad. Um. <laughs> but I was really mad. Um. So, okay, let's go back to where the Republican Party is right now. And despite how scary they are and the posturing and the um, all the cultural war stuff that we're talking about, like how uh, truly harmful this all is, I'm not making light of it, how how much that highlights what a weak position they're really in politically right now. Right. And the dumbest thing they've ever done in my life, the dumbest thing politically, not not from a policy perspective or the impacts they've made on society or whatever, that would be denying climate change and supporting the Iraq war. The dumbest thing they've ever done was getting rid of abortion as their uh, main issue. It was the best uh, wedge issue they'd ever had. Um, They could have rode that thing for another half a century if they really wanted to. Instead, they threw all of their uh, eggs in the pro-life basket got their fucking Supreme Court nominees, outlawed Roe, and yeah. now they don't have shit. They don't have anything now. They So without that centralizing, galvanizing thing, yeah, there's always going to, this is where we become, the, the, we, what we jokingly call the trifurcation. There's always going to be this group of people who are super religious, right. who are just going to be like, how can we make it all more illegal? Like, like it's not enough to overturn Roe. How can we? Make, there's, there's, there. They had the march for life again, or they're planning right. it, and they think. marched to Congress, yeah, not the Supreme Court. They used to march to the Supreme Court every right. single year, right? And now right. they're marching to Congress because right. they yeah. want Cause a federal abortion ban, right? Because so, it's not because being illegal is not enough. It needs to be more illegal. So they look, I think, ridiculous. I think that they've overplayed their fucking hand. Again, I think the dog caught the car. So when you are in that position, where is the money going to come from? Because now they, they're nothing without corporate money, right? These big, right. The, the National Republican Party is nothing without corporate money. Corporate money did not want them to ban abortion. It's not a good look for them because it, it shines a big spotlight on all the other crap they fucking do. So I think that, if I were an organization like this, this was the best time to strike. Yeah. Um, I'm great place I'm to do happy. it. Too. And I think like you should talk a little bit about how the law is actually written because that's where they really, at least in Missouri, which was again, like we were the first, like we were the first state to officially outlaw abortion after Roe was overturned. Cause we had a, tw- a trigger law in place in 2019 and the actual language in the bill mentions God by right. name in a law. 
So I think it might be Caleb Rowden who doesn't know how fucking separation of church is it because that is a violation of the constitution. So I think that there's a good chance that they could go back and possibly try to do it again. But I think that that is a very, I would, I cannot wait to hear them argue that a law that mentions God in it is not an infraction of a separation of the separation between church and state as stated in the constitution. Especially a law that restricts our freedom. Like we all know Congress has a chaplain and like, you know, it like the separation of church and state doesn't mean what right-wing extremists might have you think it means. What it means is what we're saying, which is you can't pass laws based on your religion. You can't make the law of the land your religion. Yeah. It's and to, it infringes to, on for, other for people's religion and it's bad for the government. Really, really quick clarification. The law itself, the language of the law doesn't use the word God, but the arguments and the legislation and the like the stuff that goes in the legislative journal is what we call legislative intent. And so when you're looking at statutory authority, I just I just dog whistled Sean from law school days. When you're when you're looking at statutory interpretation, you look at uh, you start with what's called the plain language. Uh, and then if the plain language needs something answered, then you look at the legislative intent and you do that by looking at the revisions to the law. And by looking at what the literally what was the debate at the time of the law and the debate at the time that they passed this law was a church service. It was absolutely a church service. Um, and so the, the, the legislators can say this is what we put on paper, but what they meant, their legislative intent behind this law is obviously religious in nature. And Sean, I want to hand it back to you because you're you're hit you're nailing something. I, I, I this is exactly I tweeted it the other day. Right. I put it in two sentences. I am not against your religion. I am against your religion being my government. It's really that simple. And that's what they wanted. I don't understand. That's so fucking ridiculous. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. No. Yeah. I mean, I just, they being I, the founders. I guess I'll pick up on my thing like that, whether this group can have an impact. Um, and, and that's a great way you asked it. Like, can they, can they turn the tide? Because the tide is right now towards, you know, more rabid actions on the neo-fascist yeah. <laughs> religious fundamental uh, side to criminalize things that they don't agree with right. that are like ideas or just people. You know, right. Exactly. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, just like what I was saying before, like the, you know, when you make your religion, the government, then you're infringing on other people's actual religions. And that's a big part of why we need the church state separation, because well, we can't I... have true religious freedom. If one religion gets to make their religion, the law. And the I way. think all these dunderheaded assholes who interpret or who publicly interpret that as we are free to worship, like that we want to have, we want to have, we want to religious it, it means that I should be able to use my religion anywhere that I want all the time. That's what it means. It means that I can, my religion can be no a part of my job. It, it can be a part of my medical decisions. It means that I, my child doesn't get fucking vaccinated. Look all this shit. Right. And the intent of the fucking constitution, right. The intent of the bill of rights was because King George was in charge of the fucking church of England. Yeah. yeah. It's not cute. Like and they were, I and hope... they were, they were collecting money through the church and they, and they were, they would murder people. They'd yeah. be like, oh, are you Catholic? They would execute people if they were fucking right. Catholic for like 
what a century and a half or something like it went on for well over a century right that they would and then they the would eight round centuries up... before that you got murdered if you weren't Catholic. right <laughs> right exactly. right so like so 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 the founding fathers were like rightly so we're like enough this is a government of the people by the people for the people we have no kings and we have no state religion because right. it's bad it's not a good idea if you t if you bind the king and the church together and you put those two things in front in in, in sort of in, in they're in in charge of not just people's legal uh well-beings but also their moral well-beings and their financial well-beings they're going to be basically like imprisoned in some sense yeah. like so that was the point i'm fucking tired of all these people that are like well i want to be able to but it's my right to whatever no it isn't yeah and it, that's it's not what it means and it's as simple as this you know the, the people who say we need prayer back in public schools you can pray in public schools. You've always been able to pray in a public school. It's not about getting to practice your religion. You can practice your religion. It's about the compulsory nature. It's about the captive audience. It's about the forceful nature behind it. And you're right, Rachel, I, I, like, to, I like to pull this out uh, at parties sometimes. Uh, do you know how many times the Declaration of Independence mentions the word tax? I do I not one one time there are multiple lines about the church about the way the king controls them through the church and there is one time you'll find the word tax in the declaration of independence but when you learn it in ninth grade right or third grade whenever you first learn it but when you like even in ninth grade when you really learn about this stuff you still learn no taxation without representation right. declaration of independence boston tea party Boo taxes, yay, throwing tea in the water, boo kings. Moving on, and that's it. But when you read the document, it reads very plainly like a bunch of people who are like, you got to get this church off our backs, bro. Like, this is bad. It's not working. You're taking all of our money that's through actually the church. Like, Tom Paine wrote that essay, right? Is yeah, they cleaned Payne it up. Essay? They churched it up a little bit. They cleaned it. Um, <laughs> It went through some a few rounds of editing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, these, you know, these these men were skeptics. They were, you know, deists. They were the Jeffersonian Bible. Like, it takes very little time to see like what did Thomas Jefferson think about religion when you go through the, the you know, if you take a look at the Jeffersonian Bible, like it's just all of that stuff. But anyway, that's all. That's a different subject in and of itself. The the founders in religion, um, and there's some great books out there about it. Um, but the bottom line is it's all about the compulsory nature. It's all about what you make somebody else do, not about what you do yourself uh, at all. It's why if you go to uh, you know a public meeting where they have prayer, they if somebody makes a request and says, I want to give the prayer at your public meeting, guess what the public meeting has to say? Okay. They don't get to say, what's your religion? They get to say, okay. We prefer you keep it under five minutes, right? That's about it. And then they have to let them come. And if they want to stand there for five minutes and say, oh, great spaghetti monster flying through space, we do wonder about thy wisdom and thy noodles and thy sauces and thy seasonings. <laughs> we do look for wisdom, you know, in this time and the time that's in your wonderful, delicious meat sauce. Like they... <laughs> <laughs> they, they can do that if they want to. I didn't write any of that down, by the way. That was right off the old noodle. Um, they could do that if they want to do that. Because it's not compulsory. Because you can come and go. It's an open meeting. You can come and go from the meeting. And it doesn't favor one religion over the other. It says you can do it if you want to. 
are 99% of the time you go to a public meeting is if there if there is a prayer is it likely going to be a judeo christian prayer yeah probably it probably will be but a lot of them you'll see a rotation you'll see this week the catholic uh, you know, ministers coming in next week. It's the Lutheran next week. It's the Baptist next week. It's whatever they, you know, they'll have a rabbi come in. Like they'll, they'll rotate people through. And because it is the very nature, the very foundation is the freedom of conscience. It's just, it's the whole game. It's the whole game is freedom of conscience. And uh, I don't know. I get really, really. Well, and, and being forcibly and being forcibly asked to participate yes. in a religion where the head of state and the head of that religious institution are the same fucking person. Ask people in Iran how right. well living in a theocracy is it's, working out. It's such an, an insane, like, it's so insane. The people who walk around the, the loudest talking about freedom, who want to instill a national religion, but they haven't stopped to think for a second about the fact that they don't even really want that because they all disagree with each other about what religion even should be. Like they disagree about the details of their own religions that, you know, they're based on the same core things, but then like talk to a Catholic about a Southern Baptist and talk oh, to a no, Southern I Baptist don't. about a Catholic. I don't, I okay? don't ever They both think the other one is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. They both I, think the I other don't. one is wrong. Southern Baptists think that Catholics are idolaters who are praying to the statue of the Virgin Mary. Did you? Well, yeah. I had you to, guys... uh, Okay, John. I'm no, just gonna ask if you guys were fans of the show Dairy Girls. Never There's seen this. I don't that. Oh, no. it's really great. You totally have to watch it. Uh, it uh, it's so fun. It's set in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, like right towards the end. And it's about girls who go to high school there. Anyway, there's one. They have a, a Russian exchange student come in, and she explains their conflict to them in terms that make sense to her. And she's like, "Aren't they just two beliefs of the same religion that are arguing with each other?" And all these Irish girls are like, who are all Catholic, are like, "No." And she's like, "But it's same." <laughs> like that's what she said. Like, but it's same. That's how I always feel about all this stuff. It's like it's all monotheology. It's all bullshit. I'm an atheist. Whatever. Um, but also like the thing that's so absurd, and we'll get into this with the big one in a second, is that this is still just to manipulate voters. Let's be clear. This is all virtue signaling. This is all because it's easy. The reason that this is still so popular with conservative Republican lawmakers is because it's easy. Right. It's 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 bait for the rabble, for the handful of people that still pay attention to state politics and their party. All they have to say is, well, you know, I know that I'm here doing the Lord's work. And that's why I was I that's why I'm gifted this office is so that I can represent the interests of good Christian voters just like you, person I need money from. Right. And they can go about their business because this whole state is being run by lobbyists anyway. Yeah. That is a pretty good point. Sean, take us home on this. Cool. Yeah, I got some somewhat recent Pew research polling because Americans have known about the issue of separation of church and state for some time, and they're not stupid. <laughs> they do know what it is. So as you might expect, Americans support the separation of church and state. Why? Because it's foundational to American yeah. law and government. That's why we like it. Uh, <laughs> it's a literal cornerstone. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so when the question was, they asked it in several different ways, and the, the largest response in favor of kind of blurring that line or letting government get religious was they asked, should cities and towns be allowed to put religious symbols on public property? 39% said yes. 35% um, said no. 
26 percent one in a four one in four said no opinion and uh it was one in four said no opinion on every question um and then about one in five or less on the other questions that say you know should we should we stop enforcing separation of church and state? 19% said, yes, we should stop. 54% said, no, we need to be enforcing separation of church and state. When they asked what the U.S. Constitution was inspired by or where it came from, this was a good one. So it says, U.S. Constitution was inspired by God and reflects God's vision for America. 18% said that. When they said the U.S. Constitution was written by humans and reflects their vision, not necessarily God's vision. Two out of three said that. Um, it even got some of the no opinion folks off the fence. Only 15% didn't have an opinion on that. And then the last one. What a thing that does not have. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny, right? Do you think the Constitution was written by God or man? Mm -mm. Makes no difference to me. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. And when it says they go ahead and say federal government should advocate. Christian values, 13% said that. And then when it says the moral value shared by people of many faiths, 63% of people said that. 24% said no opinion. No opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so it's window dressing. It's firing up the far, far right Republican base, and it's doomed to fail. Wow. I love the no opinion. Let's move on to the big one. And now the big one. All right, the big one. The no opinion. It's got me thinking of uh, uh, maybe this. I don't know. I guess maybe I can't quote this anymore because Alec Baldwin's getting charged. That uh, anyway. I don't want to go off on that tangent, but uh, Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. It just made me think of second prize. Second prize says steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. Like just no opinion. <laughs> second prize is no opinion. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why it made me think of that. Uh, the big one, uh, culture wars ramp up to fever pitch, uh, is how I wrote that. Uh, we've got a whole list here, uh, not, not all inclusive. Um, <laughs> Rachel, I know you added the last one. Uh, <laughs> so these will all be in the show sheet, but Rachel added a, uh, an anti-drag show laws article from the guardian and she titled it uh, for the show sheet, this fucking shit. Um, so that's, be that's beautiful. Uh, we've got that's what people are really worried about. Our I know. drag shows. It's insane. This like, one in Columbia that just happened here in Missouri, where some kids went from the public school, turns out they had permission slips. Uh, parents had been informed of where they were going and what was happening. Uh, the, the fact that there was going to be a drag show was on the city's website that was hosting the event. Like it was like all, an inclusion like, event. It's yeah, about it like not being event. freaked out about how people right. are different. And then people freaked out because people were different. Um, <laughs> and, and like within the same day, like there was a school shooting and it's like, the, man, you know, man. could you imagine if Republicans responded to school shootings, the way they respond to kids seeing men in a dress, like, it's unbelievable. I don't know. Is it the sequins? Is it the gaudy makeup? No, it it's the because they don't have anything else to talk about anymore. Yeah. Because we pulled out of Afghanistan. They can't, they can't be bullish, like super, super, super hardcore about terrorism anymore. Right. Um, they can't be. So the only enemies they have because according are to Pew other. Research poll, 13% of Americans are <laughs> pretty cool with the terror. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So I think that's really what it is. I think like when 
you have a, a fascist movement that has garnered control of a mainstream political party right fascist movements always attack their own rule of law they it's like a it's like an autoimmune disorder it, it attacks its own body well, and, and they so, have like, to because in order to in order to fully take control you have to replace this the normal civil law with the fascist version of that law i mean it's you know, there's the, the the historical examples. Obviously, Nazi Germany is is the like you know the example. But like, if you're not super versed in Nazi Germany, maybe you've read the Harry Potter series and you remember when Dolores Umbridge took over uh, at the school and started just like passing all these new rules that were super duper hardcore, and they got worse and 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 worse. And, worse. and that was, of course, based on you know Hitler's Germany. Anyway, sorry, I got you off. No, I mean, we'll we'll get into because there's a bunch of these things that we should kind of all hit on. But like, I'll go back to something I said, probably like the second or third time I was on the podcast or something, which is that I miss I underestimated the impact of obstructionism and right. how obstructionism and fascism are that um, you can't have one oh, without yeah, the other. Like absolutely. fascism starts with the sort of this obstructionist party. And so like when you're when the party of no is in power right when the party of no 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 is in power that is the problem obstructionists do fine because they can't really do anything right when the other party is in power which is what's happening in the house of representatives all they have is the debt ceiling and i think that's going to backfire on them horribly let's right. just be clear about that like this is going to go very badly for them it's really stupid they should just stop doing it they should not fuck the bond rating of the United States because they don't, because Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to have to step down as house leader or whatever. Anyway. Um, but when the obstructionist party is in power, they have to still behave like they're all they know how to do is say no. And so right. the only thing they can say no to right now is sort of, you know, what they see is sort of like leftist uh, tentpole things. Right. And, and as, as Sean has pointed out before, a pluralistic, um, multicultural, multiracial society is the backbone of a democracy, and so that's what they're attacking right now. Right, right. But they sound dumber than they ever have before. I mean, like they really are. I think like dragging the bottom of the barrel. Um, it's one thing to be homophobic when like everybody was homophobic, but like we're not anymore. Like we have moved on. There is a group of people that were always, right. you know. I think it's different. I don't think there's a progressive the insurance commercial like where there you can re replay the conversation to see who was right in the you know in the in the spat that the couple is having and one of them is is two men and they you know one of them left the slider door open and a cat got in and like yeah. they they're not like they're not making it like a night you know it's not will and grace where it's like oh these are gay men it's just these are yeah. two men who live together and are having a right. you know a right. relationship spat it's... like every other situation and so i think like some of the stuff we'll get into but the the I think we'll talk about this gas stove thing. I was just like, oh, okay, that's you guys really. And Ted Cruz is all up in like Ted Cruz is like leading the charge oh, against the not banning the gas yeah. stoves because like because like <laughs> electric that. stoves are woke now or whatever. <laughs> like, um, and I and I think like I mean I, I I'm gonna shut up in a second and just let uh and just let maybe I don't know if Adam if you want to rattle off some of these or if Sean you want to jump in but um. You can't, there is a political price to pay for being this dumb when the country has evolved a lot. The country has evolved quite a bit since I was younger. It's not 
in great shape right now, by the way. Like, I'm not saying things are fine. I'm saying that these are extremist views. Everybody knows they're extremist views. They are certainly there for a reason. They're there because it distracts people from, like, you know, what they really want to do, which is right. to get rid of, you know, corporate Public taxes schools. and to get rid of public schools and get rid of social security and get rid of Medicare. Um, but the the level, the more you tie those that agenda of of getting rid of public institutions and publicly funded institutions to stuff that is just this like obviously just dumb. It's not yeah. even nuanced. That's it's just dumb. Um, you yeah. are, I think, sinking your own boat in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Let me rattle off a few. Let me rattle these off, and then uh, Sean, kick it over to you. So the list that we have, and again, this is just you know, this is just a partial list. Uh, DeSantis administration bans black history. I mean, they're just straight up banning black history in Florida. Uh, in Missouri, uh, there is a bill filed. Uh, it's an, they're calling it an anti-CRT bill, but the the quote from uh, Republican State Senator Andrew Koenig. Uh, individuals of any race, ethnicity, color, or national origin are inherently superior or inferior. That's the thing they want to ban the teaching of. Like, I don't remember ever being taught anything like that. And the fact that they think that that's even necessary to ban, like, I think that's an interesting thing that they're even having that thought. Can, um, I, can I just say, like, one of the reasons I wanted to throw that quote in here is because, like, we, for people that don't live in a red state or who yeah. listen to us from another part of Missouri or whatever... Andrew Koenig is from the fucking suburbs of St. Louis. This yeah. is not some like dude from the sticks. Like he is from a hun a a, a like a towny little fucking St. Louis suburb. And he's also one of the people that introduced. Income. Yeah, totally. And like he's one of the champions of anti-abortion bills right. in the state too. That fucking dick. Anyway, sorry, I just go. Yeah, so that Missouri banning CRT, uh, dead Republicans trying to own the libs still. Uh, this uh, Vice article came out with some statistics. Twice as many folks who uh, were you know, Republican members uh, died from COVID before the midterms than Democrats. Twice as many, a rate of two to one. Like, that is crazy. That's just crazy. Uh, yeah, gas stoves. I mean, that, you know, if you listen to the to a show like this, you, we don't have to explain uh, that that is occurring. It is insane. It is so freaking stupid. Um, Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel, the the billionaire playboy of the right who got his ass whooped in the in the election in 2022. Um, he made a joke about uh, folks on the autism spectrum. I mean, it's, it's just just absolutely nuts. It, like that's that's the kind of shit that like I used to be one of the first people in line to be like, look, don't use Nazi. Like, don't throw that word around. Like, that's a really important, like, distinction. But that's the kind of shit that makes that justified when you're, like, just like, oh, folks with and disabilities and disorders and stuff it. like that, you he start knows. pushing them to the side. He's, yeah, of course he knows it. He's well he's well versed in what he's doing. Yes. That's what makes the whole thing so it's fucking disgusting. It's a dog disgusting. whistle. The, the enfeebled, the inferior. And he was like, making fun of Greta Thunberg. He's making fun yeah. of Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Like, fuck you, you fucking asshole. You, we got, like, we got, you don't have enough? Really? Yeah. yeah. We got Tucker Carlson uh, pushing nicotine. Uh, so oh, that's, I thought that was so funny. That's yeah. fun. I don't even His know what quote, happened. I didn't even. That, if, I, uh, that one missed me. What the fuck did he say? Like, here's what, what he said. Here's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Democrats hate nicotine because it frees your mind and Democrats love THC cannabis because it keeps you compliant 
and like not doing anything. Meanwhile, what? they talk about the woke mob being so rabid about like changing everything. Um, so fucked up. But I heard so one of my buddies who like went full Trump after 2020 or after 2016, and uh, this is someone I went to a super progressive law I school. I just want to with. go on record really quick and say, um, I love nicotine. Right. Have for a long time. It's addicting. <laughs> I didn't stop. Uh, I didn't. I didn't stop nicotine because I disliked it. I stopped because I was like, "Do I want to get cancer or emphysema?" As it turns out, the answer is no. And if you can't smoke, what's the point? Like that's the whole fun of cigarettes <laughs> is smoking them. Whatever. Yeah. Fucking what it. I anyway. hate that Tucker and I are the same age because yeah. I know how full of shit he is. He talks like he's like some grandpa. I'm like. Dude, I know when you grew up, and I know where you grew up. You're from San Diego in the 80s. Like, what are you wow. talking about? Like, you had a skateboard. Like, get over your fucking self. Yeah. Hey, Sean, what were you saying? Um, oh, I don't even remember exactly, maybe. Oh, my buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. this nicotine thing, like, when you talk to rabid right-wingers these days, like, they start talking, and they, you, they just say what Tucker Carlson says. I'm sure right. everyone has been through this experience. Yep. Um, and so a buddy of mine last summer out of nowhere we were kind of talking about politics and he said you can't you know you can't ban uh jewel uh you can't and then he like took it to the next the next level and he said you can't ban a product like how are these democrats trying to ban a product like that's philosophically like impossible to do and i was like where did that even come from obviously a lot of products are banned like crack and heroin <laughs> and like yeah. Some... Yeah, I guess they're not corporately branded yet. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway, there's he all must have kinds seen that of things on Tucker. That are fucking this was a year ago. Highly regulated. Okay. Right. But yeah, and like one of the quotes from from that article was from a Republican strategist saying, you know, the gas stoves thing and all of these, you know, that is like connected to this old light bulbs thing. And it's this idea that here's what he said that the Democrats won't stop until they're in your house controlling everything that you do. And like, that's what's so crazy is like, they're so desperate to, to keep pushing this message while they're doing exactly that. Right. They're trying to throw teachers in jail for what they say. They're, they're inside of to... a woman's uterus, but, but we can't be like, Hey, did you know that we have light bulbs that burn for six years and use no energy now right. instead of those ones you replace every 30 days and, and don't they... actually light anything up anyway and suck. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then and like, and, all and of that was, bullshit. and all well, of that, hold so something that I wanted to say about all of these culture war things is like they're lies, right? Like right. what the Republicans are saying about kindergartners learning about gay sex, it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. It's it's not even true. You know, there are, you know, every single one of these talking points that they have are like maybe based somewhere on something that actually happened, but not the way they're saying it. And that's what just really gets me riled up. I think we always have to call them out because it's a lie. Um, no, it's like there's one school, one place where there's like some very light child style anatomy lesson that a parent gets up in arms about. And then they say kindergartners being taught about sex ed. Right. Like, right. Kindergartners are being taught about sex. And then they just go that they must, you know, they must be grooming them to, you know, to have sex with them. They're all pedophiles. Like, right. it's just like, boom, they just go right that direction with it. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's a nonprofit called Sexy Sex Ed that is out in West Virginia. And all they do is like 
show up at music festivals and stuff with like free condoms and <laughs> they are getting death threats because of the venomous dangerous lies that are being spread by just random ass state legislators our neighbors just people you know it's a terrible terrible moment right now when it comes to the culture war rachel and i think all of it comes from the fact that they just keep fucking losing like i don't know why they're not better winners in missouri that's what's kind of kills me is that like you guys have all this fucking and power in this state and you could i'm not saying they would ever use it for good because god forbid they would do anything like that and i'm sure that a lot of them you know caleb brown is probably a true believer he probably does really think that life begins at like the moment a snowflake comes out of the fucking sky or whatever absolute fucking anti-science hot bullshit he believes in i think that's sincere i think those are his sincerely held beliefs just like i think that they were vicky hartzler's and so on and so forth but the fact that they won they won they keep fucking winning like the democrats in places like uh iowa and uh missouri and any southern state right our west virginia whatever are just getting fucking hammered like we're like we've had some success stories i think st louis is a really great example of like some areas where we've seen progressive policies really start to take to take hold and of course like the missouri legislature has turned you know black democrat mayors into their enemies now um but this is how they behave when they're in power is they're just acting like a bunch of fucking babies and they're talking about things that don't matter to anybody and sometimes i think it's because they know their voting base is they're trying to like dumb things down so much because grandpa doesn't know how the remote works anymore um but sometimes i think it's just because they don't have anything they don't know they're not there to really do anything they're not really there to pass policy they're there to stop things from happening right that's why they're in power so they just put on these they're just theatrical right like this yeah. is just all a form of theater to me in some in some way right and even though 15% of lgbtq americans or voters anyway are republicans they're just not in that room when they're coming up with these stupid ass laws same thing with you know trump won white women in 2016 by like 12 points and overall you know women support democrats but it's it's about half and half but you know that like these are just groups of asshole dudes who aren't even old as me that are making up this shit um yeah, I don't know. I do like the point you make, Sean, but about I think th- the way they they use it to get to make it seem like some nefarious actor is going to come to your home and take your stove away, or take right. your lights away, or make you you know, like you know take your car away and force put you a to dress use on an your electric son. scooter. Yeah, put a dress right. on your son exactly. <laughs> well, if you God. and if you watch and like, I can trace all of these dumb things back to its roots. Right. Like I know where all these things like the tree that has bore all this fruit. Right. The stuff about CFC light bulbs and um, uh, uh, hating anything to do that looks even remotely looks renewable is because George W. Bush was such a fan, was such a friend to the fossil fuel industry. And so he he and his 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 engine used Fox News to demonize renewable energy because yeah. like all of his friends work for fucking, you know, Dick Cheney obviously is is a, a former board member of Enron and so forth. So 
all of this stuff is just it comes from all these like different like different trees right that they've just grown and they've had a whole generation to kind of bear all this like weird fruit and i think that's like what the gas stove thing is really about is that people are still like trying to be like why do you gotta hate on fossil fuels and it's, you know like that's really what's fueling oh, it no yeah well i mean not she's a pun but like the gas stove thing <laughs> um it's a little more comfortable ground for them because like independence there are a lot more yeah. gay independents now and independent voters who support lgbtq americans having full equal rights and treatment in this country same with latino voters voters of color in general and you know the republican party is getting more and more extreme while independent voters are getting more and more open and inclusive right. and um it's it's so weird i don't know i just feel bad for the people who are hurt by it the individuals who are hurt by all these of course. hateful of course. laws and agendas um rachel but, wrap us up and yeah. and let, let's get out of here yeah, I'll say, I'll say so a couple things. So one, I think this is temporary. I don't, I don't think that this stuff is going to um, defederation like it did when I was a kid. I mean, like anti anti gay zealotry, uh, the war on drugs, um, uh, the war on women, uh, the far right, things like that, that. That defined a generation starting from when I was a child, right? So maybe even more like two generations. I don't see any of this bearing it's it's a loud small group right it's a very loud very small group um they're they like sean was saying they are in no way the majority of the united states it, it just really hurts it's really painful and it it sucks right now um but like as much as it looks and feels painful it's really more like a like a really nasty burn when you get when you're cooking or something like it right. looks like you, it blisters and it's terrible but it's gonna go away you don't need to go to the hospital like that's where i think we are based on what i saw during the midterms yeah right that that renewed all like biden winning is one thing the midterms were a whole other fucking kettle of fish and they all know it right they all right. fucking know it they know that there is a clock ticking on their bullshit so the gas stove thing i just want to touch on this really quickly before we and then i'll i'm gonna let sean i'm gonna kick it back to adam and i think sean should close up but the the gas stove thing so this is real so they're starting to do studies that show that gas would be it's a there's a possibility that they're actually a pollutant um that that of course like it, it makes in sense the home like you're burning like, something like bad for you inside in the your house in the house like when you think about it you're like yeah that actually does make so um my husband's so they think as many as 12 percent 12 percent of childhood asthma cases are caused by gas stoves the data is early. So all the Biden administration was doing was saying, we need to study this. Right. It's all they were saying. And so one of the reasons that you see assholes like Ted Cruz starting to do this whole thing is because all they know how to do, he's from Texas. That is a fucking natural gas state. All he knows how to do is protect fossil fuel companies. So that's where all that's coming from. But my husband had lung disease and he, um, we don't know what, what caused it. That's a whole other very long conversation as, as to why we never quite figured that out. But um, when we started reading that, so he used to work in kitchens. He worked in kitchens for years. And if you cook in a small restaurant kitchen, if you've ever been in one and stuff, yeah. there, uh, I always thought like that's where you got, that's where this happened. Like think about it, like heat, moisture, chemical solvents, degreasers, 
And as it turns out, probably gas flames. So when you have ever, I know both of you guys have been around the restaurant industry a little bit. Yeah. When you work in a kitchen like that, the stove never turns never, off. Yeah, never. Yeah. It's just on all the time. It never, it's, so if you're working in these small closed in spaces, so we have to know if it's making children sick. Asthma is fucking serious. Like you don't want to be asthmatic. Um, so what sucks is that these are people who will definitely sacrifice the life, the lives of poor children, um, and even not poor children, even like perfectly middle class children <laughs> living in homes um, that could potentially be dangerous to their health because it helps them score points with people like the Koch family. Right, right. That's all I had to say. Yeah, no, that's uh, and you're you're right. It is like you know. I like that analogy of like a small wound that, you know, the, the burn that can go away. And it did remind me of Sean with his cut on his finger. So Sean, yeah. Cl close us out. Oh man. I don't know. Yeah. I thought Rachel's was so good. Um, I think about Elliot all the time and, you know, he spoke specifically about a North Carolina barbecue place mm -hmm. with a super small kitchen and probably a super hot smoky environment more so than an average kitchen. And that's right. Um, yeah. I mean, when you have one political party who's trying to use someone's good intentions as a cudgel just because they can and lie to make, to make it work. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's why you just got to keep fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah you can't, that's what, that's kind of the whole, uh, I was going to let Sean close it out. I'm just going to, I lied. I lied to you, Sean Diller. Um, yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, the issues that happen around gun violence are serious. There's there's real things that are super worrying and, and really terrifying. Yeah. And when it comes to all this war stuff, the best thing for you to do is show up. You just have to show up in these public spaces where they're trying to make sure that everyone feels afraid all the time. Yeah. And I of wanting to stay in your house and lock the doors and, you know, not do that. But like, just go to drag shows support your friends, be there for them, make sure that your children understand there's nothing wrong with supporting other people. Yeah. Tell your children to tell you if your teacher, just like my mother would be like, if your teachers ever tell you some bullshit, you know, you should tell me, right? Like just all of those conversations can still take place. This will, I think, pass. All this stuff is going to pass. This is a terrible season of it. Um, and the reason it looks petulant is because on some level, I think it genuinely kind of is. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the week. Thank you guys for stopping by and uh, have an awesome week. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official Podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.